It is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, city to city, state to state, coast to coast. Interviews, news reports, breaking news, and the return of outside-the-box non-sports related. So tune in to your favorite host and conductor of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Anthony Smith. to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, it's your host and conductor. I normally say it's your favorite host and conductor, but that would insinuate that someone else is driving this train, which that is not the case. I am the sole conductor, the sole host, and there is a lot to get to today. NBA wrapped up yesterday. I know that's kind of depressing, isn't it? So now we got to trudge through the summer trying to find stuff to talk about. But trust me, we will find plenty to talk about because it's like when the season is over, the season actually starts. For instance, Fred Van Vliet didn't sign his, uh, his contract. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well, too. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals as well. Coming up here shortly, I have a guest coming on. A young man I've had the privilege of meeting. Wow. Can you believe it was back in the early 2000s? And here it is, 2023. Around about 2000. Around 2010. No, it was before that. Probably around about 2007, 2008. Anyway, yeah, it is the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Also, the end of an era. Yes, I try to talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, keep you on your P's and Q's. You never know which direction this train is going. All we know is on a track rolling out of control sometimes. <laughs> right, right. That part right there. But, yeah, an end of an era. We're going to be talking about quite a bit of things. Uh, like I said, the NBA wrapped up. We'll be talking about the Denver Nuggets. Could we be possibly be sticking the D word on them, such as dynasty? Uh, like I say, the end of an era in, if you want to call it sports talk, TV talk, as a duo that has been together for seven years, today was the culmination, the final of that show. So, yes, we will talk about that and then some. But what I am going to do, I am going to get a young man on the phone. Uh, like I said, meet him go back a ways. He's uh, coaching now. And it is my pleasure to be able to get this young man on here. Very astute young man, very knowledgeable in physical education, and coaching basketball. And I am going to get him on here. 
because I like to say that he is a friend of mine. Hello. And on the phone, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Coach Hamilton, is what I call him. And the reason I'm not putting his first name in there because I learned that lesson a long time ago in my gym class. And he's probably like listening, like, what is this guy talking about? I'm going to tell him about that. But we go a long ways back to Sam Spate Elementary. Thing you know is, I've aged over the years, and he's remained the same. Last time I seen him, he was coaching basketball at Holy Savior, and my goodness, what a juggernaut he had on the court. And I'm hearing it, that was not all of his players. So on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, my friend and my brother, Coach Hamilton. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks for welcoming me. <laughs> Man, it has been a while. I mean, when I ran across you, you was at Sam Spate Elementary, and that was how long ago? Without telling our age. It's been many years ago. Let's say 30, 40. I don't know. It's been a while. Now you're trying to make me in my 70s. I know it ain't been that long, but it's been in the 2000s, the early parts. Yeah, so, Coach, like I said, when I met you, we was you was at uh, Sam Spate. I think mm-hmm. he was physical education teacher there. And you probably wore some other hats as well, too, disciplinarian, something that is lacking in today's world. But where is your journey taking you since we've kind of been out of contact and we've reconnected? Where is your journey taking you from Sam Spate up until now? Well, the journey has been <laughs> a full schedule. And I, I right now have 18 grandkids. Wow. I was I was a single parent of four kids uh, for 16 years. Um, then I ended up working. I worked for a juvenile detention facility for, for a while. and then. And I, I, I was working like the malls as a security and uh, doing things like that. And then I just, you know, one day I realized, hey, I have a teaching certificate. I need to get back to school. So that's when I started back teaching. And then I, uh, in the high school level at East High. And then from there, I went down to the elementary setting. And then as during that time, I was coaching as well. I was coaching uh, the girls' basketball team, like Tina Buckner, Angela Buckner, okay. Christian McClain. I was their coach. So, um, and we won a lot of games then. And uh, um, and then I, I took a break at the, after Tina uh, and those other two that I mentioned had graduated. I took a break for like maybe eight years. And then Father Billinger approached me and asked me to uh, coach the boys' basketball team. I've been connected ever since. All right. You mentioned coaching girls basketball. And, you know, we live in such a climate. And right now, girls sports is, I would like to say, now finally starting to take off and getting is just due. I'll be without some controversy. I mean, you look at Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and, of course, they have no beef with each other. Uh, you look at OU softball team, and everybody talks about how they celebrate, but, they're talking about it now, whereas there was a time that they wouldn't talk about it. What was it that made you want to get involved with girls basketball? Well, it, it was the need at the time. They didn't. They they had a bunch of girls who were interested in sports, and then uh, uh, they had asked myself and Dennis Thompson. He he was my he and I both. There wasn't a head coach and assistant coach. We both coached at the same level, and we uh, 
uh, took on uh, that that task to coach the girls because they, they had asked to uh, start a team. And, and keep in mind, we're in a we're playing in an eighth grade division, and we have girls. And like today, we have boys who are in uh, sixth and seventh grade. So we didn't have a full eighth grade squad. We have a mixture of the sixth and seventh as well. And we competed in the eighth grade division. Hmm. And uh, and then then uh, we were winning. We won all the games. We won tournaments, league. It was just uh, it, it was just talented girls who who was wanting to play and we coached them for a while so yeah you you mentioned names like tina angela buckner and i believe she was like on the verge of all-american status so i know that had to be a proud moment for you to be able to coach such talent like that huh well you know when they're at that age they they're learning they're 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 learning skills and uh, the, and quote unquote discipline of the game and and, and being uh, in classroom. So they they they're they're bright girls. Their dad did a wonderful job, and mom, and uh, they they they're very talented. They just you give them the ball and things will happen. Just, Absolutely. But when but when you have equal talent, yeah, you know, then they learn how to work as a team. And it was not individual. Uh, 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 it was it was a, 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 a interesting journey with them. It was fun, you know. We had a good time. Frida, and then Frida, we had I forget her last name. Well, Frida, Frida Bailey, mm-hmm. and then Leon Edwards' sister, okay, uh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy yeah. Edwards. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness, we had a squad that. You you walk in the gym and you just start just might as well just give up because these girls are so fast. They're better than the team I have this year. They like they're a lot more disciplined than the okay. team I had this year because uh, those girls when they came out they came to play. We're not talking about offense. We're talking about defense. Defense, right? Defense. They won a lot of their games off of defense and fast breaks and rebound and trap and all that. Here, everybody wants to do those euro steps and threes and all, but then you defense was was the key. Absolutely, and you know you mentioned defense. I had a chance to see that team you had at Holy Savior. Got the chance to see one game, and it's my understanding that you guys were playing shorthanded that night. Yes, I couldn't tell because you said <laughs> you said your girls' team was better than the team that you had. I believe you said this year, uh-huh. but what I seen was the team that was playing defense and was creating offense off of their defense. Tell me about that team you had this year because I seen some of the scores that y'all posted, which made me come out and like, okay, I want to see this team. Plus my nephew, Fernando, he played on that team. Too. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, well, the, the team we had is, is, is it was, we, we had to build off from last year. Last year we lost the game in the tournament from the last second shot and that they brought that, that into this, that, that and I want to say attitude that lost into this year, this season with the Holloway, Kate and Holloway and, uh, and Fernando and, and you know Serena and all those. But so what we did, we had to make these guys focus on defense and not just offense. Uh, the Tolliver brothers, Caleb and Matthew, uh, Courtney Holloway and myself teamed up and we got these guys playing. And then when you're out there playing, you want to have fun. Right. You're not just out there just playing. 
you you just you want to have fun, and then when you take if when you remove from the game, you know you don't get mad and get an attitude. You say, right. hey, when I get back in, you know I'm gonna continue this fun. And, and that that game you saw, it, it was it was one of those games. Like here we are again. We we in the eighth grade division, and we playing. We I have players that are sixth and seventh grade, right? Two eighth graders. So for us to perform like that. You, you know that was an awesome team. <laughs> and I can't help but to think that you're getting those young fellas at a young age to buy into what it is that you're instituting in them, which is def- to, the two Ds I say are at the top of this, defense and discipline. The offense will come later, but if you learn the defense and the discipline, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Well, with this group, the offense, they walk in the gym. Everybody wants to come and shoot, 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 hero stat, shoot, shoot, threes, threes. We had to put a new formula in by saying defense first. No, no I'm sorry. Discipline is first because you had to have the discipline outside the gym, in the classroom, and then filter into the gym. And then uh, uh, then after that, we, the defense came because we had to tell them, still in their mind, that you want that basketball. You want to, to perform miracles. You have to play defense. Right. Or, or and you know, it's not a threatening phrase. Or you'll sit next to me. And then you can see the others playing defense and scoring. So everyone, they decide that, hey, we better, if we want to, uh, to uh, be part of this, this team, we've had to listen to coaches. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you ingrain it in them now, should they progress farther at the next level, then it comes back. You know, I like those players because they were coached the right way because nowadays, like you say, everybody wants to shoot threes. Everybody want to be Steph Curry. If they're not Steph Curry, they want to be, yeah. well, I kind of hate to say this name. They want to be the highlight, the new highlight reel, Ja Morant minus all the other stuff. Well, and, and, and that's true. You know, and a lot of their 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 play is watching television, hearing what these other guys have done. Now, when you set when you come to a team that they expect more than just offense, you know, you, you're gonna have to you have to play. And you know, it just it just they did. You know what helped us too, and which I failed to mention, we went all these years. Keep in mind the girls with Tina Buckner and Angela Buckner and those guys, Kristen Klein. We had a gym back then, but we had uh, the gym leaked, the ceiling leaked. The gym was cold. Uh, sometimes we had to practice in coats and sweats and stuff. And then we lost that gym. We lost that gym. They destroyed the uh, that school, and they ended up going to call it Carter Elementary. And then Father Villager came along, and they built a new gym. And because this is our first year playing in the new gym at Holy Saber Academy, uh, it, it just motivated us i mean it just because we were able to practice every day we didn't have to beg certain organization hey can we can we have an hour uh or two days a week uh, in your gym you know we didn't have to do that anymore you leave class you come practice we practice one through friday uh and uh hour something hour and a half and we got a lot done because of that now, I, I do have to ask this question because, like I said, I finally got to see one game. 
and the team was shorthanded. So how is it that the team was shorthanded but yet performed at such a level? What was the reasoning behind that? Because I've never seen a team with only six players but yet performed so well. And I'm like, imagine if the full squad had been there. It's no telling what the score might have been. Well, you know, we try to – we were in the lower division, and we couldn't – we didn't set the end. We, we ended up moving up because we won our league. So we moved up to the upper division. And, again, we moved up in the upper division playing the whole team of eighth graders, and we had mixed grades. And uh, and we were short. I think one of our guys was sick or something happened. And, you know, and if you, if you don't come to school to – during game day, you can't play. Okay. You know, so I think that happened. Then we had another guy, kid was injured. But 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 when we competed, uh, I mean, we're winning games. I mean, we, we did. It, it all boils down to practice. You practice. I, Iverson. Iverson. Allen practice. Iverson practice. Practice. <laughs> Not the game, but practice. <laughs> yeah. Practice helped us get where we were at. I mean, in and, and let's give kudos to Caleb and uh, Matthew Tol- uh, uh, Tolliver, who played at Holy Saver before, and who won, who who played at, at the same caliber and won championship when they were at Holy Saver. And Courtney Holloway, you see his son in Heights, he's playing pretty good. So, and then you have me and my knowledge of basketball. I went to Cape Mount Carmel. I went to Holy okay. Saver. And then I went to Southwestern. So we all had a background in, in, in basketball and discipline. So so uh, kids, they had to learn. You can't just come in there and just think you're just going to play basketball and not and not be part of the uh, the, uh, the rules I mean, and not you know not go by the rules that the coaches had laid out. So it's just you know it just it was it was work in progress. And you saw what happens after you work hard. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, and then, and also too, uh, cheerleaders having those cheerleaders there and yes. hearing them cheer the way they, that motivated us to cheer itself. Those ladies, the ladies uh, uh, to have helped those girls get where they were. It was wonderful to have cheerleaders like that. They were cheering like they're high school level. Yeah, they were, and and and. To add to that, the one thing I know that was the other thing I noticed outside the game, the cheerleaders, but I also noticed the fan support, the parents coming out supporting these kids. Because anymore nowadays, you hear a lot of kids talk about, well, I didn't have this type of support growing up. But it's like y'all have that support from the cheerleaders to the people in the stands. And I think it's a testament to what you guys are doing over there at Holy Savior. Yes. And, and it, it just, it just, again, it's because we have that new, that new gym. It motivated the parents to come out. It motivated the student body, the faculties, all everybody to come to represent. You know, because Holy Savior, we always had to travel to Derby, to Goddard. I mean, places like that just to play a game. Yeah. Now, now, now we had we had like maybe five, four or five home games, and you should see the crowd. Oh my goodness. I mean that 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 was something long awaiting. I mean, it just we waited for the opportunity like that. All right. Well, I'm gonna ask this question, and I'm gonna let you get out of here. First of all, it's kind of a two part. 
what is the highest grade level there, and how far do you see some of these players going? Could they stay the whole time, or do you see some of them going into the City League or maybe going to a Sunrise Christian Academy in the future? Well, we go we, we start pre-K, and then we go all the way up to uh, eighth grade. And you got we don't have a football team, but you have te- uh, 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 kids that will go play with other teams in the diocese or outside the diocese. Okay. Uh, so they're they're getting that that uh, experience, and then when they start getting, we don't start playing them or involve them in sports till they get there. They are in the sixth grade. Six, seven, and eighth grade, okay. and you should see these fifth graders. You need to come to the game next year because we got we have fifth graders who who are so excited they want to, they want to play. Yeah. So they're moving up to six, fifth graders moving up to sixth graders, and we gonna have a, a big squad next year. But when they get in, when they get in eighth grade, then you have schools like Cape, and you got all the USD two five nine schools, and maybe Bishop Curry once in a while collegiate. They're 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 showing some interest in these in the kids and. Like Courtney Holloway's son, uh, uh, he ended up going to uh, Northeast. He's playing at Heights. Okay. So, uh, so they 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 will move on, and we will, you know, even if they're at Cape and Mount Carmel, we will continue following them and encouraging them to uh, stay on the right path. Okay. We will talk because they because they walk away from Holy Savior. That doesn't mean we're done with them. Right. No. Then when they walk away, we will call and we always call them. We invite them back. They do, you know, do they'll, they'll work with us and do certain things because uh, our administrators there they they follow those kids and follow the villager until you know college level. Even in college, we're still trying to keep in touch. Absolutely. Well, so. coach, well, coach, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we would have to do this again, and we would definitely, when basketball season rolls around, if I'm lucky enough. Get you on and maybe get like a star player of the game on. That that's let, right. Let yes. Mike Kennedy know that hey, you're not the only one that can do this. The only yes, reason I say it because I've had him on my show as well too. But yeah, I would love to get you back <laughs> on during the season and get a star player like hash it out on a day when y'all not playing. So once again, thank you for being on the train, and we will have to do this once again, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Coach Hamilton. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with my special guest, Coach Darnell Hamilton. Now I will say his name. There's a reason behind that, and I told you all that story back when I was in junior high. But, yeah, Coach Hamilton, great friend of mine, great basketball knowledge, and you heard the history. He has coached some magnificent players. So right now, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I got a lot more to get to, so don't you go nowhere. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and we're just now building up ahead of steam as we roll down the track. Yo, I need a haircut. Yo, I need a haircut. 
Oh, really? Well, I'll tell you where you can go. How about 256 North Topeka? Midtown Barbershop. Got two seasoned barbers on staff. Malcolm and Tony. Located 256 North Topeka. Midtown Barbershop. Can they do fade? Have you coming in looking like five bucks? Leave out looking like brand new money. Of course, fades, beard trims, bald shaves. They can do it all. It's Midtown Barbershop, 56 North Peak. Malcolm and Tony. Tell them A Train sent you. train sports talk podcast your host and conductor anthony smith it's time for us all to grow together so if you would like to have your ad ran on the a train sports talk podcast simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010 or if you would like to sponsor a segment you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, your host, your conductor, the one and only, Anthony Smith. Once again, shout out to Coach Darnell Hamilton. My guest that started things off, we got to start off in a good fashion. That's going to be a hard act to follow. You ever do something you feel like you outdone yourself? Well, that's one of those, I think I might have outdone myself moments. But hey, I'm still having fun doing what I do, and that is entertaining you, the listeners. So, as I told you in the beginning, an era has come to an end. You know, if you are up at, I would say, the 9 o'clock hour, that would be central time, you're watching your sports on TV. There's a duo that would come on. Sometimes things would get heated. But they did it for seven years. Seven years together. But finally, that show has met its divorce. He says, I'm here because of you. Shannon Sharp bids emotional goodbye to Skip Bayless on his last episode of FS1's Undisputed. So what I'm going to do before I get into this article, I am going to play this soundbite for you. 
Welcome back to Undisputed. Everybody must admit I've been dreading the end of today's show, but here we are. Shannon, my friend, I know you have some things you'd like to say, so the floor is yours. Thank you, Jen. I do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is officially my last day at work. After seven years, the train stops for Shannon Sharp and Undisputed right here. And uh, over seven years, I've made a lot of friends, and I'd like to take the time now to thank some of these people. Uh, first, I'd like to thank Fox and FS1 for giving me this opportunity, for believing in me, and allow me to share this stage with a young man that I've sat across from for seven years. I want to thank you. I want to thank my original boss, Jamie Horowitz, who got on a plane, came down in Atlanta, and told me, I could be a star. You can do this. You can sit across from Skip Bayless and do this. I see it in your eyes. I see the passion in which you talk. You can do this. Thank you. I want to thank the ladies in the makeup room. I started out with Sevia, and it started then went to Jumpsuit and Uke, and then Brett, and then Jumpsuit, and back to Brett. And even uh, her aunt would fill in sometimes. Guys, you have been amazing. To Nusheen Faraji, <laughs> who's never colored my hair or gave, given me a haircut, but had all these great ideas, I'm going to really miss you and how you mispronounce words. Mm -hmm. uh, the wardrobe room, Autumn and Tracy and all the others, Every day at 6.10, you would knock on the door. Can I help you with your cufflinks? Can I turn down your collar? Can I help you with your tie? Double tie, you did everything. I'm going to miss you guys, and hopefully you miss me as much as I miss you. Um, Bonnie Lou in audio, um, you mic'd me up for seven straight years, and it's been great. Sharing pictures, you show me your dogs, I show you my dogs. Bonnie, I just got one more question. What am I going to do with this 843 credit score? Mm. Uh, to all my stage managers, uh, Johnny Lee, Karen, Craig, Thank you. Craig, you've been unbelievable. You brought me my note for the last year. I want to thank you. Sometimes I get frustrated like, Craig, where are the damn notes? You say, just give me a minute. They haven't come through yet. Um, to my producer, Steve Owens, we had six great years together, bro. I miss you more than you know. Thank you for how you handled me and gave me some great words of advice. But, Ash, you knocked it out the park. I trust you more than anything. The way you can read me, the way you understand me, the way you say word it like this, there are times that I, I, I come up here and I'm like, I didn't, we didn't talk about this and you'd have notes that would help me in the debate. I'm going to miss you more than you ever know. Oh, my goodness. Who else do I want to thank? I want to thank the security. Uh, uh, D, mm -hmm. cowboy lover, Derek, every mm -hmm. morning. You hug me this morning. I see you start to wail up, bro. I'm going to miss you also. Ed O, at the security front desk, I'm going to miss you also. Sent, my girl. Mm. Every day for seven years, as I get off the elevator, you ask me, do I want anything? You would get me pancakes, you would get me bacon and scrambled eggs. And you would walk me down to my car. I want you to do it one last time for me, Sid. Give me some pancakes, mm. get me some scrambled eggs, and give mm. me some bacon. Mm. Uh, if I missed anybody, guys, I'm sorry. I just love everybody. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. To the fans that made all this possible, you've embraced me and allowed me to become your favorite TV uncle. And for that, I'm forever grateful. You, 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 you rock with me when you knew very little about Shannon Sharp, the guy that could come out here and talk. Hopefully you found me uh, entertaining. Hopefully you find me educational. Hopefully you found all the things that I gave you that you looked for when you came and you turned in and you watched me and this man for seven years. And last but not least, Skip Bayless. Mm. You fought for me, bro. Did I? I'm here because of you. You've allowed me to share the stage with you. You've allowed me to share the platform. I'm going to cry in the car, but I'm not going to mm. cry now. The opportunity that you gave me to become what I became, I'm forever indebted to you. 
I'll never forget what you did for me. You've helped me grow more than you ever know. Okay, this is not easy for me either. But one more thing, one more thing to, before you yeah, go, Skip. Okay. One more thing. All I ask is when you lay your head on that pill at night, you know I gave you everything I had. You did. I gave you everything I had. Which is why I want to thank you for all you have given to me. When I first took this job back in June of 2016, we had a whole nother format in mind until it became clear Shannon Sharp is available. And I said, I believe he can do this. And did you ever? The critics just savaged us when we first started. Undisputed yep. will never last. FS1 will never last. Did we ever show them? Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for dedicating yourself to this job. It is a voracious beast yes. of a show, day after day after day. You dedicated yourself to this job just the way you dedicated yourself to professional football yes. as a Hall of Famer. I want to thank you for never taking a sick day. I want to thank you for preparing as hard as you could every single day, every single topic. I want to thank you for competing as hard as you competed with me because the greatest compliment I can give you is you were a worthy adversary. Right. I, I want to thank you and tell you that I love you for what you have done for, for me. And I'm good, Shannon, I'm, I'm going to miss our diet do bets. <laughs> you, you, owe me, you owe me a lot. I do, I do. I'm going to miss our LeBron battles, even though he's still the phony goat. <laughs> I, I'm going to miss our cowboy arguments. How about them cowboys? Because you were right about my Dallas Cowboys from day one. Right. In the end, I just want you to know that it was because of you, you made possible a very, very special time in my career. And this is a happy, sad moment for me because I look forward to your next great achievement, and it is coming. Yep. But tonight, I just want you to know, I will toast you with a Diet Mountain Dew. Thank you. And to my new team, Hollywood, my stylist, my daughter's yep. here, Shelly Davis, who's been my assistant. Hollywood, when I got Hollywood, I flew you out the next day, and you said, I said, I want to dress my age. Hollywood say, Unc Uncle Shay, you call me Uncle Shay from day one. You say, what else you need from me? I said, I need loyalty and I need honesty. He said, Uncle Shay, I'm going to ride with you till the wheels fall off. And when the wheels fall off, I'm going to get out and walk with you. Mm. To my video, my video, my creative director, Jordan, you come a long way. Shelly mm. Davis, I'm not here without you. Every email that I've received over the last 20 years, you've answered it, answered it because I don't have email. <laughs> you make this operation go. Club Shay Shay, 8484 Inc., you make it all go. My daughter, come here, Kayla. Mm. Come here, hurry up, come on. <laughs> and you better not cry, you're going to make your daddy cry again. Mm. Mm. I did it all for you guys. You, your brother, your other sister, I love you more than words can say. I love you. Skip Bayless, I appreciate you, man. I love you, man. Ah! <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen at home, thank you, thank you. You'll see me again somewhere, I just don't know where. Thank you so much for your support. Love you guys. It has been an incredible run, Shannon. We love you. We wish you the best. We're so proud of you. Best of luck, my friend. Have a great day, everybody. Stay tuned. The Herd is next. And that was Shannon Sharp's goodbye on Undisputed this morning. Quite the epic battles back and forth between Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Sometimes controversial, such as the DeMar Hamlin situation. Just to name one of them.
Anyway, so for the first time since it was reported he'd be leaving Fox Sports 1, Shannon Sharp had addressed his departure on Tuesday's episode of Undisputed. With the NBA Finals now over, it was Sharp's final episode as an employee of FS1. In the show's last few minutes, Sharp was given the floor to thank and say farewell to everyone who had an impact on his seven years with the network. Despite previous reports of friction between him and Skip Bayless, Sharp expressed appreciation for the opportunity he gave him when the show first started. He says, you fought for me, bro, Sharp said to Bayless while holding back tears. He said, I'm here because of you. You've allowed me to share the stage with you. You've allowed me to share the platform. I'm going to cry in the car, but I'm not going to cry now. The opportunity that you gave me to become what I became. I'm very indebted to you. I'll never forget what you did for me. You've helped me grow more than you'll ever know. When the news first broke, many on the internet speculated that Sharp and Bayless had been at odds. Not long after, sources with knowledge of the situation confirmed it. Still, the two remained gracious during Sharp's final moments on the show. He says, when I first took this job back in June of 2016, we had a whole other format in mind, Bayless said. Until it became clear, Shannon Sharp is available. And I said, I believe he can do this. And did you ever? The critics just savaged us when we first started. Undisputed will never last. FS1 will never last. Did we ever show them? He says, I want to thank you for dedicating yourself to this job. It is a voracious beast of a show. You can say that again, especially with Skip Bayless as your co-host. Just a, just, hey, just a thought, okay? He says, day after day after day, you dedicate yourself just the way you dedicated yourself to the professional football as a Hall of Famer. It's unknown where Sharp will head next. Notable ESPN personalities, including Stephen A. Smith and Pat McAfee, have welcomed the idea of him joining FS1's rival network. He recently hinted that he has something in the works. He says, all I ask, Sharp said on his final episode, is when you lay your head on that pillow at night, know I gave you everything I had. I gave you everything I had. So we want to say, wherever his next move is, good luck on it. Who knows? It could be his club, Shay Shay. He may want to make that his main brand. Who knows, Club Shay Shay could possibly be on the airwaves with the right TV deal. I mean, that's his baby. So, now the question is, who is going to be the guy sitting across from Skip Bayless moving forward? Who would you like to see sitting across from Skip Bayless moving forward? I know a lot of people have a lot of takes on who they would like to see. I would like to see, since he's so afraid of him, or at least his wife is so afraid of him, I would like to see Charles Barkley and Skip Bayless go at it. I'm pretty sure something like that was to happen. We'd probably be talking about Skip Bayless's last day on the show. Or how about Shaquille O'Neal and Skip Bayless? Or how about Fox Sports 1 consider this right here? Bring back Chris Carter. 
I don't know what led to the departure. It kind of put a kink in my routine because I was used to hearing Chris Carter and Nick Wright in the mornings. I mean, it was a darn good show. Uh, as a local radio station tabs on some of their intros, it was a refreshing start to the morning with Chris Carter and Nick Wright. I don't know who was at wrong, who was at fault, but maybe it's time to mend some bridges and bring back a great football mind and a great human being in Chris Carter. And let's pair Chris Carter and Skip Bayless. Just a thought. I have a lot more to come, but let me pause here and take another break. And when I come back, I will definitely have some more for you. So stay seated until the ride is over. Still building up ahead of steam as we go down the track. This is yours truly, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk.com at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast.
welcome back. No, we're not doing no excerpt from Welcome Back Carter either. Of course, that was a good show growing up. I mean, I enjoy watching that. A lot of show I enjoyed watching as a kid. Some I didn't. Some I was just forced to watch it. Like Little House on the Prairie. Who used to have to watch that? You didn't have no choice. But you know, back in those days, you only had three channels, sometimes four. I'm hearing what you thought. So we had 10, 12, and 3, which was ABC, CBS, NBC, and sometimes we had KPTS, Channel 8. That just depends on if the, rep, if the reception would pick it up. Anyway, don't ask me how I got off on that rant. Anyway, glad you're on the train with me. Like I said earlier, you know, the NBA season wrapped up. and uh, This is the time when you have to start looking for content because uh, I've also been invited call later on after I get through and uh, it's amazing I'm not no podcast guru but someone wants to know about you know doing a podcast and what it takes and all I say is just have fun doing what you're doing I might not ever become a household name but I tell you what people I listen to on sports talk radio they give me motivation to keep getting better at what I'm doing so anyway I might not get in depth about the finals, but a story came out about Bill Simmons and his belief on Eric Spolstra. And he says he's kind of sniffing around the Mount Rushmore of NBA coaches. So being the second longest tenured coach in the NBA at the moment is a testament to how remarkable Eric Spolstra has been. He took over as the man on the Miami Heat's sidelines in 2008 and survived the coaching carousel year after year. So where do you think Spo ranks in the all-time pantheon of NBA coaches? That might be tough to answer now because he still isn't done adding to his resume. However, Bill Simmons believes the 52-year-old should already be included in the Mount Rushmore of coaches discussion. He says, I always thought the coach thought the coach Mount Rushmore was pretty set, Simmons said on the latest episode of his podcast. We have Red Arback, we have Greg Popovich, we have Phil Jackson, and Pat Riley. But he said, and that was it. Those are going to be our four. But now Spolster is kind of sniffing around. Before getting to Spolstra, it's best to look over Simmons' selections. That seems a pretty solid set, as each name he mentioned deserves to be in every discussion of the best NBA coaches ever. So Arbach earned the moniker Godfather of the NBA and had the Coach of the Year trophy named after him for good reason. He won nine championships, during a 20-year coaching career with the Boston Celtics. To top it off, he secured seven more titles as an executive for the marquee franchise. Popovich is synonymous with winning as he became the winningest coach in association history late in the 2021-22 season. To prove the point further, one of the masterminds behind the vaunted San Antonio Spurs dynasty holds the record for most wins with at least 50 wins. 
matter of fact, here's a quick tidbit. NBA coaches with the most 50-plus win seasons. Greg Popovich, 19. Pat Riley, 17. Phil Jackson, 17. Three of the best bench tacticians ever. Speaking of this list, Jackson, on the other hand, is considered the GOAT coached by plenty of pundits as he has more rings than fingers. He won 11 championships as a coach, six with the Chicago Bulls, five with the Los Angeles Lakers. Evidently, the Zen master didn't like losing. He is the only coach in NBA history to win more than 70% of his of his games. As for Riley, he is the only coach to have won Coach of the Year award with three different organizations, the Lakers, New York Knicks, and Miami Heat. His ability to turn teams into winners has been well documented with his nine final appearance trailing only Jackson and Reds. And perhaps we should add his success in mentoring Spolstra to his long list of of achievements. So, does Spo deserve flowers? The question now is, if Spolstra can grab any of those spots on Simmons' and likely other people's coach, Mount Rushmore, there might even be some pushback on the notion that Spo is the next in line as the likes of Steve Kerr, Chuck Daly, and Don Nelson also have a case. What the former undrafted point guard is going for him is that he has two championships and an opportunity this year to get one more. Of course, we know they were eliminated. Well, yeah, eliminated would be the best way to put it as now the Denver Nuggets are our champions. So we'll get to that another time. Had an opportunity this year to get one more in six finals appearance tied with Pop and Kurt under his belt. Additionally, Spolstra's edge is that he was able to reach two finals without a surefire Hall of Famer on the roster. Well, if this ragtag Heat squad can beat the Denver Nuggets, which they didn't, Jimmy Butler will see his odds of entering the Hall of Fame increase significantly, and Spo might actually have the chance to crack the list of the four greatest coaches of all time. So, does Spo deserve to be on that Mount Rushmore of coaches? What do you think? Here's another story as it relates to the NBA Finals. As it says, that's just not who he is as a player. J.J. Reddick reveals how Jimmy Butler got misjudged. Miami Heat star forward Jimmy Butler has made quite a name for himself once again as he has been dominant in the Heat's playoff run, beginning with the first round against the Milwaukee Bucks. The narrative that Butler was carrying the Heat started and the slogan in which he trademarked Hemi Buckets surfaced again. He was unreal through the first two series but his play has seemed to regress over time. This has caused some backlash on Butler, but it isn't necessarily deserving. 
people may be too hard on him, not realizing that the player they made him out to be isn't exactly who he is as a person. J.J. Reddick backs Butler and explains what people get wrong about him. Reddick recently spoke on Butler and what people get wrong about him on an episode of his The Old Man and the Three podcast. He says, I think looking at his performance like the night where he goes for 25 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 9 of 17 from the field, that's a normal Jimmy Butler game. That's how he plays. The anomalies to me are the 40 balls for the 56-point game against Milwaukee. You think back to that Milwaukee fourth quarter in game four in Miami where he was 20-plus in the first quarter and 20-plus in the fourth quarter. Like I have never seen him that aggressive before. I've certainly seen him aggressive for quarters or stretches, but not for games. That's just not who he is. And you know what? I may even have a little bit of audio on that. I get your guys' questions on game four here as we head back to Denver for a Monday night clash. Jason, what do you got? Good evening, JJ. Um, oh, good evening, sir. Okay, this is from SPC28. It says, how can you explain Jimmy looking so much more passive from earlier this postseason? A lot of space to go to the rim, and he's repeatedly kicking it out. Um, it's just how he plays. Um, I think, I think looking at a performance like tonight where he goes for 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, nine of 17 from the field. That's a normal Jimmy game. That's how he plays. The anomalies to me are the 40 balls, are the 56-point game against Milwaukee. Um, you think back to that Milwaukee fourth quarter in game four in Miami uh, when he has, I know he had 20-plus in the first quarter that, that night. He had 20-plus in the fourth quarter. Like, I had never seen him that aggressive before. I've certainly seen him aggressive for quarters or for stretches of games. I'd never seen him that aggressive. That's not who he is as a player. In the same way, in, in so there you have JJ Reddick's tape. He says not really a score. The narrative that playoff Jimmy got going after averaging over thirty-six points per game through the first round, making fans label him a score. He played extremely aggressive through the first two series, and that was the expectation heading forward. However. He has played more similar to his regular season play as of late, which Reddick claims is just who he is. Butler appeared to be settling back into his regular play style, which could have been the reason for the Heat losing the finals. Even so, he put so much effort into getting to this point, and the Nuggets were just a powerhouse that couldn't be stopped. So, do you think any criticism that Jimmy Butler is getting is warranted? I think not. But in order for Miami to get back to that same plateau next year, management needs to go out and get some more help. Yes, they have Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. 
he has some good role pieces. But Kyle Lowry, his better days are behind him. So, with that in mind, there is one player in particular, one who I seem to seem have him going to Phoenix. But there's going to be a lot of teams eyeing this guy who did not sign his extension or whatever. Let's just say what has something to do with the contract that he didn't sign. I'm talking about one Fred Van Vliet. He already has a championship. Yes, he played along with Kawhi Leonard. But he was still a good fixture in Toronto. A key member of the team. But look like Toronto may be going a different direction. We know they're not wanting to pay him what he's asking for. Could Fred Van Vliet be that missing piece in Miami? He wouldn't have to be the man. Of course, I said the same thing about him if he was to go to Phoenix. He wouldn't have to be the man in Phoenix either. We look at the fact that in Phoenix they have Kevin Durant. They also have Devin Booker. But you come to Miami, you have Jimmy Butler, who still has some prime years left. You have Bam Adebayo. You're throwing to Fred Van Vliet, who could be that third option. And I can see Miami making another run with another piece. Some things you can hang up, though. Even with the relationship that Jimmy Butler has with Joel Embiid, we know for a fact you won't see Jimmy Butler going back to Philadelphia. But you can hang up the idea of Joel Embiid going to Miami. But it doesn't stop you from daydreaming and imagining. If something like that were to happen, You could almost say championship contender. So tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap things up here. I'm going to come back and I am going to close out on some local news. As there is one local team here in Wichita area seems to be still signing players and building up their team. I know you would like to know who that is. So what I'll say is, come back on the other side of this break, and I'll let you know who it is. You listen to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. I'll be back for my final segment. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. 
Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, canned goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back to what will most likely be my final segment. I've had fun thus far, and I hope you have fun as well listening to it and give me your feedback. I would love your feedback. And wherever you may be listening, let me know where you're listening at this podcast from. What platform? I mean, what? and also what city, what state? I haven't said that in a long time since I worked for a company where I had to say that about 500 times a day. Anyway, like I said, I'm having fun doing what I do. And I, like I said, I hope you have fun. And your feedback is greatly appreciated. Once again, I can't thank Coach Arnold Hamilton for appearing as a guest. I feel elated and blessed when I have guests like that. Come on. So that being said, uh one look at some things here locally as you know, Richita State recently hired a women's basketball coach in the name of Terry Nooner. Well, it seems as if they are still signing players. I find it ironic because I know the men's team got two open scholarships, and I'm going to just go ahead and throw this out. For those of you who are listening, who might have some know-how, may be on in the know. I have one partner. His name is uh, Jordan DeAndre Manning. He gets the chance to see the guys in camp, and he knows who's there and who's coming when they'll be there. I'll throw this out. Maybe the two walk-ons that they have, of which he said they're coming back as walk-ons, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if one of them in particular, I think his name is Henry Thingval. I wouldn't be surprised if he earns a scholarship this year, which means they have one scholarship left to get. That's just my thoughts on that. That being said, the team that seems to be making headlines, and I'm going to go on record and say that, that this team will have people in attendance watching their game, is the Lady Shockers. As Terry Nooner and staff have inked them another player, Shockers Inc. forward from Florida Southwestern. Wichita State head women's basketball coach Terry Nooner announced the addition of forward Jayla Murray to the roster Tuesday morning. The junior from St. Louis, Missouri comes to Wichita State after spending two years at Florida Southwestern State. Jayla Murray is a gifted player who adds size, versatility, and explosiveness to our wings and forwards, Nooner said. She is a proven winner at every level she has ever played, including being selected as a JUCO All-American. Jayla is a tireless worker and fierce competitor. That has an immense desire to prove all her doubters wrong. 
she will bring an intensity and tenacity to our program on both sides of the floor. She comes from a wonderful basketball family who is super excited about Jayla being a part of Shocker Nation. I couldn't be more thrilled to add yet another vital piece to our program with Jayla. As a freshman in 2021, Murray made all 27 starts for the Buccaneers, averaging 14.1 points, 7.2 rebounds, and a half blocks per game. She recorded seven double-doubles as a rookie, including a career-high 26 points and 10 rebounds against Hillsboro and a 23-point game with a career-high 15 rebounds against Indian River. Murray was named a third-team NJCAA All-American, Southern Conference Player of the Year, and first-team All-Conference, leading Florida Southwestern to his fifth straight conference title. In the eight games she played in 2022-23, she averaged 12.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, and one block per game. Murray is the daughter of Laquanda and Jerome Murray. So there you have some more signings for Wichita State women's basketball. And if my count is right, I believe there's four signees, and I believe all of them are going to make an impact on this year's team. As I get ready to bring this to a close, I am also efforting looking up their signings. I may not be able to get to that right now, but I will say that I have enjoyed this pod doing this podcast. And I hope that you guys find it very entertaining, fun, exciting, provide a few laughters. Once again, if I seem like I'm saying this like a broken record, you can't ever be so thankful. Once again, very special thanks to my guest, Coach Darnell Hamilton, who coaches over there at Holy Savior Christian Academy. I do Holy Savior Catholic School, I do believe. And he's already told me I need to come out and see them next basketball season. So I'm definitely going to put that on my list. Like I told him, and I will continue to say this, these those kids at that level, they need our support. And the one thing I can say from the one game I went to, they support their Holy Savior. And when I say Holy Savior, I'm talking about their basketball team, all right? They support their young men out there on the court. The cheerleaders, they bring it. Tell you about this game that I've seen that I, I saw that I had a chance to see them play. The basketball team was clicking on all cylinders, and it started with the defense. They was creating turnovers. The cheerleaders, when they did their routine, when I looked at the other cheering squad, they look like, okay, you know, kind of like I'm talking like, okay, so what do we do? I mean, you go see a game at Holy Savior, and I'm, I will encourage you come next basketball season, get out and go check out this team. Based on what Coach Hamilton say, if you don't, you'll be missing a treat. But what I also like is the support that the community shows this team. That's what it's all about. 
Well, I'm getting ready to bring this train into the station. Hope you have enjoyed it. I'll be back again because I got some crazy ideas for my next show, which I'm pretty sure some of you might want to definitely tune in. I'm, I'm going to give you a teaser. And get ready to give me some feedback because there are some crazy rules in each sport. To me, they just don't make no sense. So I want y'all to give me a list of some rules that y'all would like to see. And I will talk about it on this podcast. Rules that you would like to see abolished, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, tennis. Yeah, I got one on that one too. Tennis. So until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Be blessed. Train is pulling into the station. I'm out.